0: listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for July 18th, 2021, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 34, and 53 through 56. Uh, In today's gospel that Elizabeth just read, I have one of my, my favorite lines in the whole of the scriptures, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. I think this sentence alone could be a mantra for postmodern living. As so many of you know, uh, back from uh, high school, the earth spins at a thousand miles an hour at the equator. Uh, And I know that so many of you, myself included, feel as though our our lives are spinning uh, at a thousand miles an hour. And if you wonder why that might be the case, uh, perhaps you might uh, take a moment uh, take a little bit of time and read Tom Friedman's most recent book, Thank you for being late. An optimist's guide to thriving in the age of accelerations. Uh, The second chapter of Tom Friedman's book is entitled, What the Hell Happened in 2007? So here's a little bit of what Tom says happened in 2007. Uh, He begins the chapter with this terrific story of uh, Steve Jobs at his daughter's soccer game where he's standing next to John Doerr, the legendary venture capitalist, back Netscape and Google and Amazon I mean this is some sideline on some little kids soccer game and uh, Steve Jobs pulls out uh, the first iPhone and he says in this device uh, we have the world's best media player the world's best telephone and the world's best way to get on the web all three in one And then uh, uh, Tom lays out what happens in 2007. Some of these events just happened at the end of 2006, but here's his answer to what the hell happened in 2007. The iPhone was introduced. Big data became possible for all. Facebook became available to everyone. Twitter started to scale globally. Google bought YouTube and brought it more global. Google launched the Android operating system. Mobile traffic, uh, a mo, mo, excuse me, modal, uh, mobile data traffic on uh, national networks began to shoot up in what would happen over the next seven years where it would increase 100,000% Amazon released Kindle, where you could now quickly download a book in a blink of an eye and put a thousand books in your backpack and have it weigh just a few ounces. Airbnb was conceived. The Internet hit a tipping point, crossing over one billion users worldwide. IBM built the Watson computer, which combined uh, learning and artificial intelligence. Cognitive computing is what that's known. Uh, The microchip, the basic building block of the information age, uh, evolved in such a way that a new generation of faster and more efficient processors could be made. This created an exponential growth in computing power and storage. Moore's Law, which many of you know, is the expectation that the power of microchips will double every two years, continued on its way, which it has done for 50 straight years, all of which has brought us to a place unimaginable 50 years ago and unimaginable for 50 years from now. In 2007, the clean power revolution began a new phase with an exponential rise in solar energy, wind, biofuels, LED lighting, energy efficient buildings, and the electrification of vehicles. DNA engineering experienced a turning point. In 2002, it cost $100,000 to sequence one person's genome. It now costs about $1,000. There was a major acceleration in globalization, so that global flows of commerce, finance, credit, social networks, and connectivity weave together markets, media, central banks, companies, schools, communities, and individuals, all woven together more tightly. And information and knowledge are making the world not only interconnected and hyperconnected, but interdependent. Now, everyone everywhere is now vulnerable to the actions of anyone, anywhere. Deep breath. In addition, uh, the climate issues became increasingly dire as they are today. Simply look at what's happening in our world today. Water shortages, wildfires, Hades like heat out west. Take a look at the pictures of Lake Mead. If you live out west, uh, where I know Elizabeth's family lives out west, it's very, very scary uh, to, have, to have this combination. Uh, and then the shocking pictures, of course, of flooding in Germany and Belgium and the Netherlands, where we have drought and then floods and heat and fires. Parenthetically, Bank of America uh, has created a new division to assess climate risk and our own Lauren Clancy, vestry member and former treasurer of St. Mark's, is the chief operating officer of that division. In addition, in 2007, there was uh, an uptick in population growth and biodiversity loss. Uh, On top of that, Uh, The pace of change is changing, right? Uh, The great acceleration is accelerating. Faster is getting faster. So, listen to this. I'm going to name a litany of, of changes that cause seismic changes in our cultures and the way we live and listen to the time spread between these changes. The printing press, 1450, the telegraph, 1837, the manual typewriter, 1874, the telex, 1926, the mainframe computer, 1943, the first word processors, 1979. Now listen to what has happened since i graduated from high school the personal computer the internet the laptop the mobile phone search engines mobile apps big data virtual reality human genome sequencing artificial intelligence and the self-driving car so quantum change used to take lifetimes and generations and now it takes about five to seven years for there to be quantum change. We are completely accustomed to mobile devices, broadband, and cloud computing. I was reminded of this recently when I got in my car without my phone and realized that I have no maps in the car. I mean, Remember when we used to have maps in the car, in case we didn't know where we were going? Now, we are living in the midst of a transformative time in history, uh, it is one of many transformative times and the disciples also lived in a transformative time in history. If the second chapter of Tom Friedman's book is What the Hell Happened in 2007? The, the subtitle to John's, um, excuse me, to Mark's Gospel might be What the Heaven Happened After Jesus Was Baptized. You'll notice on the reredos that the story of the Gospel according to Mark is in the center Uh, egg-like shape there and there you'll see the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan with John which is the beginning of it all in Mark's Gospel. Now the acceleration that we are all living in the midst of is a combination of radical changes in technology, globalization, and climate change. And the acceleration that the disciples, who are also under Reredas, are living in the midst of is a spiritual acceleration. It's a Jesus acceleration, it's a Kingdom of God acceleration, it's a divine acceleration. Now the Gospel, according to Saint Mark, uh, seeks to convey this acceleration to us in several ways. First, the Gospel is written in what is known as the historic present tense. In other words, the, the, the story, the historical story of Jesus's life is told in such a way that there is a nowness about the story. Also, the most oft used word in the Gospel, according to Saint Mark, is immediately. The word immediately is used 41 times. And remembering that immediate means without intervening time or space, right? The gospel is action upon 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 action. It's just every pericope, one after another, is action. The second most used word in the gospel is again, and that word is used 25 times And it has the kind of rhythm in the gospel of, like, again and again and again and again. In Mark's gospel, Jesus is on the move. He is a traveling seminar on the kingdom of God. And the disciples are running to keep up. Now, in our world, this acceleration causes a kind of chaos and a kind of instability. So organizations, institutions, governments, and cultures, and people have a hard time keeping up with the rapidity of the change. Change outpaces adaptability. It's it's that simple, right? It is very hard to process all that's happening in the world. No one person can process all that is happening in the world. And some cannot adjust or adapt fast enough and they simply get dislocated. They just sort of come off to the edge of the swift moving river of life in the world. And some fight and reject with all their might the changing world because they cannot conceive of it, they cannot receive the new reality. Now, the same is true in Jesus' time and in the disciples' world, right? Jesus causes a type of chaos and in stability it's hard for the disciples to process it the disciples are clueless we've got the guide we read it and we go oh yes of course the disciples in real time have absolutely no idea what is happening so uh, Jesus goes to his hometown right and uh, in his hometown and also some of the great religious authorities of his day they cannot conceive of Or receive the new revelation right they can't receive the new teaching they they can't see the new thing they say in Jesus it wasn't this the carpenter's kid right and so some people in Jesus's day do as some people in our world do right they seek to kill the movement right that's why they killed Jesus they could not receive him and that's why the Gospel of Mark is all about the cross in preparation for death the gospel according to mark does not uh, uh, prepare us with a gospel of it's going to be great it's a gospel of it's going to be difficult right and that is why so many of jesus's disciples also were killed now in our world we have you know urgent challenges that demand our attention right our world is increasingly dangerous. Take a look at the pandemic, we don't need any convincing about this. I mean the list of crisis is beyond the ability of anybody to process. Yesterday just for fun I typed in top 10 crises in the world, top 10 crises in the United States and and the litany is extraordinary and nobody agrees on what the top 10 crises are by the way. Now the Uh, disciples also experienced a tremendous urgency in their mission, right? Jesus was urgent, his ministry was a short three years and there was much to be done so uh, the readings that we're having in church uh, during this uh, month of July they come from chapter 6 in Mark's Gospel and in the beginning of chapter 6 Jesus is rejected in his hometown as i noted earlier but he is undaunted by the rejection in fact he, re- he reacts to the rejection by expanding his mission right he has his 12 followers 12 disciples he sends them out two by two uh, and thus making them apostles apostles are those who are sent out disciples are those who follow and as he sends them out he can phase upon them some of his preaching powers and his abilities to heal right and he launches them into a very difficult and dangerous world we know that it is a difficult world because when he gives them the instructions to go out he tells them to shake the dust off their feet when they are opposed Reverend Elizabeth preached a sermon on this two weeks ago that is so still in my mind I just love love that sermon and then last week what do we hear about but John the Baptist's head coming on a platter into a party of drunken men, right? Very, very dangerous world, and John Schultz preached a great sermon about that last week. So now here we are today, the continuation of those passages in Mark's gospel, and the 12 apostles are returning from their mission. And it says that the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. We hear earlier in the scripture that what they had done was that they, they preached and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil, many who were sick and cured them. They wanted to come back and report that to the boss, right? Um, and then Jesus says to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while, right? So Jesus is going to take his people to go rest. That's what's happening in the scriptures. The disciples, the apostles, they are tired, right? And we're tired too. We are a tired people, right? Uh, Our lives bear some of the marks of Mark's gospel, right? Uh, For instance, immediacy. We demand immediacy in our computing. Who doesn't want 5G? You know, we don't like it when we have to wait, right? Anything in our computing world that is slow drives us crazy. People desire immediacy on our email returns, which is very difficult for people who have email that comes 24 hours a day. It's like shoveling snow in a blizzard. And our to-do lists often seem like the litany in Mark's gospel where we get again and again and again, and we have to go and go and go. For the gospel rings true to us, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Look at the fast food business in the United States. A lot of this comes because people have no leisure to make a good and a good dinner. We are, as a culture, going so fast that we do not have time to RSVP, RSVP properly to our friends to tell them we have no time. Our brains, as we know, process. 24 hours a day, that's what dreaming is but our inborn processors have a hard time keeping up with digital processors right and so all this acceleration and chaos and instability and our inborn and baptized in urgency to serve the world in need as Jesus's followers that is a very Big thing in our lives to help people in need and yet that need seems Endless, right? And it leaves us tired sometimes. So who amongst us doesn't need a good rest, right? In rest, we recharge our batteries. We absorb the blows of life. We are all taking blows in our lives. Just look at the length of our prayer list, which has just been cut down for the Sunday liturgy. But we have an intercessory prayer team that prays this prayer list every day. And the number of people on the prayer list is shocking because these numbers of people who need our prayers we have to absorb the blows of life we can't just knock them all off like shields right we have to heal our bodies we have to heal our psyches when we sleep we literally have a brain drain the toxicity of the stuff in our system drains out during our hours of sleep When we rest, we have enhanced decision-making and creativity. And most assuredly, our world demands enhanced decision-making and creativity, right? It is time for us to gather with our friends, to have fun, and to laugh, right? And to sleep deeply, right? To be a human being and not just a human doing. It says in the gospel that, and they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. So this is the perfect reading for summer. Go on summer vacation, right? This summer, go away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while, right? It's a Jesus-approved move. Find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.